Hey everybody and welcome back to the weekly. Um, this is Jonathan um, again picking up on our series studying literature. Um, this week uh, is the one podcast to rule them all, uh, the one to find them. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Lord of the Rings um, and I have Bryce and Reagan back with me um, to talk about a book that we've talked about many times, one that's been a, a favorite of ours. Um, but first, as always, uh, one surprise question, um, and this one, keeping with the theme, if you could spend one day with one character in one place in Middle Earth, who would it be and where would it be? Man, um, wow. So, so like, that's a, that's a close to the impossible question. Um, I feel like we should call this segment Riddles in the Dark. Um but I'm gonna have to say, uh, if if I had to just pick um, one, all right. So here's the thing. At, so a lot of people don't realize this, but when Sam stabs Shelob in the two towers, it does not seem like Shelob dies. It seems like she crawls back into a hole somewhere, and she's still alive. So after the, I think what I would pick after the ring's destroyed, it would be me and uh, probably Faramir. And we would just arm up and we would go hunt down Shelob and finish her off. I think that's what I would pick. That's like the coolest answer ever. So this is, I agree with Bryce. This is about near impossible. It would, it would depend on what I wanted to do in Middle Earth. Cause if it was that, if it was like hunting the, the villain, I'm, I'm with Aragorn and we're just going to just, you know, it's going to be glorious, but no, I think genuinely, if it was like one day with anybody, and I like, and that was it. Uh, I think the person to to like who would just be fun to be around would be like Mary and or Pippin, and we would just, I don't know, we would just cause a commotion in in Hobbiton, and it would be glorious. And so, if I'm if I'm just going strictly off of like, who would just be a good pal to hang out with it's got to be one of them um but my heart my heart says aragorn because he is my favorite ever either that or sam i also do love sam yeah i was gonna say hang out with sam in the shire but hunting and killing shelob sounds like a lot more fun correct but i i agree (laughs) that sounds amazing right so to start off uh reagan can you give us um all three books condensed into about a minute and 30 seconds. That's a brief synopsis for those unfamiliar with Lord of the Rings. I will try at my, my best. Um, I will do what I can with the time that is given to me. Um, so basically, um, rings of power were made and distributed to various races in Middle Earth. The main head honcho villain, uh, his name is Sauron. And, and he develops one ring that basically rules over um, all of them and, and hopes of ruling over Middle-earth. So basically this tyrant um, goes to just to rule everyone. Um, that ring gets separated from him and it eventually is, is refound at a very unlikely place by an unlikely creature. Um, 
and all of the free people of Middle Earth basically come together and say, how are we going to deal with this? Um, and so uh, after much discussion, uh, one of the main characters, uh, Frodo, decides that he's going to take the burden, um, accompanied by um, eight other companions, and they're going to go and destroy uh, this ring, thus destroying evil. Um, and so that was kind of Fellowship of the Ring. Um, unfortunately, the Fellowship breaks. Um, Two Towers kind of touches on um, basically everybody's separate journeys and what they're going through. Um, Sam and Frodo uh, encounter a new creature, uh, Gollum, and, and he's just mischief through and through. Um, and we're really starting to see the Two Towers is, uh, honestly, I would probably say the Two Towers is all about how evil is rising um, and, and what is good, again, going to do about it. Um, and so, uh, gosh, that's so fast. Uh, and then Return of the King, you basically have, um, everybody's story is just coming to a head. Um, and so you have Aragorn, who is the awaited king, ready to, to come and return to Gondor. Um, and, and his companions, you have, um, Mary and, and um, Pippin, or that was, didn't mean to say that. They're on their own journey too, but uh, Frodo and Sam is what I meant to say. They're um, headed to Mount Doom, and um, again, just just at, at, at odds. I mean, just, their, their story is at the edge of a knife. Uh, they head, and they go, and uh, eventually destroy the ring, and evil is vanquished for the most part. That was probably the worst now, like whatever it's it's lot, it's summary as I could do. It's a lot of material to cram into a minute and a half, but I appreciate uh, your and, synopsis. Uh, and like Peter Jackson, you left out Tom Bombadil. <laughs> Dang it! So, Lord of the Rings. Um, obviously, J.R.R. Tolkien was was very passionate um, about his work. Um, and had views on, on how it should be read. But so how should we read Lord of the Rings devotionally? Yeah. So I think um, we talked a, a lot in the last episode, uh, Reagan kind of touched in on the episode, on the idea of, of archetypes, um, which are uh, types of characters that, that run throughout literature, um, kind of a, an, an overarching character type. This is true whether you're watching a Disney movie or whether you're reading a book. There are archetypal characters. There's the there's the the savior character. There's the there's the betrayer. There's the I, the wicked stepmother is a is an archetype that shows itself up whether it's you know related or not related. There's there's different types of protagonists and antagonists that run throughout literature, and those are a abundant throughout the Lord of the Rings. Um, so, so by identifying some of those different archetypes, um, that can be helpful to us. Uh, but one, like one mistake to make sure that we avoid because Tolkien was, was very vocal about this. The Lord of the Rings is not allegory. So th these are not like one for one comparisons to, um, historical stories historical people um th so this is where a story like lord of the rings would diverge from a story like the chronicles of narnia like the lion the witch in the wardrobe where c.s lewis was intending you to see aslan and read this and he and see the story of jesus which is why he has lines in the chronicles of narnia like 
you were brought here to Narnia so that you might learn me better so that when you go back to your world, you can learn me by a different name. Um, that was the point of Chronicles of Narnia. That's not the point of Lord of the Rings. So Tolkien actually says, um, there's a letter that he wrote where a quote, uh, Tolkien says, I don't feel under any obligation to make my story fit with formalized Christian theology. He's writing fantasy. So there's going to be, there's going to be myth and um, the, the, the characters sometimes have like a kind of a pseudo religion themselves. So they're not, they're not meant to fit within kind of our formalized understanding of when and when and how God created the world and how people came into existence. But Tolkien says uh, that although he didn't write his story to fit within formalized Christian theology, he says, though I actually intended it to be consonant with Christian thought and belief. So Christian thought and belief, those principles that are true are also parallel true in the in the stories of Middle Earth, um, but at the end of the day, uh, like uh, his friend George Sayer said, Tolkien wrote them to be stories. He didn't write them as Christian propaganda. He was writing stories, and so we want to take them as stories. But then we also want to to glean from them uh, those those archetypal truths that, like Tolkien says, run parallel to Christian thought and belief. Yeah, Lord of the Rings is, is not meant to be a biblical commentary. Uh, it's not meant to be a, oh, you want to better understand who Christ is, look at Frodo. Um, it, it, because, again, it, 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 and honestly, it's, it's very dangerous to do that because then when something happens to that character and you're like, that doesn't fit the Jesus of the Bible, um, is when you can maybe start to skew and raise questions. And, and again, you, you just, you, you can't read it one-to-one -one because you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> That's uh, helpful. So in talking through literature um, and our devotional lives um, and spiritual, um, just, just well-being, uh, and specifically, how does Lord of the Rings help you love Jesus more? So I um I, I recently read a book that if, if anyone wants to kind of dive in on this topic more, I would recommend. Uh, it's written by Philip Riken, and it's called The Messiah Comes to Middle Earth. And basically, so the subtitle is Images of Christ's Threefold Office in the Lord of the Rings. Basically, he uses the paradigm of the Lord of the Rings and discusses Jesus's role as prophet, priest, and king. Um, and that was that was super helpful to me. Um, and honestly, like I enhanced the, the story of Lord of the Rings for me as well. I picked up on things I hadn't necessarily thought of before. So for instance, um, like Frodo, if you just watch the movies, even if you, even if you read the books and watch the movies, uh, like Frodo has probably annoyed you in the past. Um, this is the, the complaint. Everyone complains about Luke Skywalker in the beginning of the Star Wars movies and says he's whiny and immature and everybody can complains about Elijah Wood and says he's, he's weak and, um, and they find him, find him a little bit annoying. Um, but that, that book, one of the things that, that it, it offered was a picture of Frodo as, as almost like a priestly character, um, for, for all of the free world that Frodo is the one who bears the burden as a substitute 
for the free people of Middle Earth. Um, he said he's he says like uh, I you know I don't know the the way to Mordor, but but I will go. This burden's fallen to me. Um, it's not his burden to carry per se. He's he's not the one who created it. He's not the one who. Uh, kept it from being destroyed in the first place. Um, but he, he bears it as a substitute for the rest of middle earth. Um, and there's been, there's been those who have borne it before him and they've proven to be insufficient. Uh, Isildur carried the ring. He wasn't fit to carry it. Bilbo carried the ring. It, it destroyed him. Gollum carried the ring. It destroyed him even more than it messed with Bilbo. Um, in the same way that we can read kind of the read through the Old Testament and see Christ's predecessors, um, see those who are raised up as deliverers and realize that they were not the deliverer, that that while they they filled a role, they they were insufficient to the task to save humanity. Um, so that's one way I think reading the character of Frodo and his his priestly office has has kind of rekindled my appreciation for for Christ as the one in a long line of deliverers who finally is is meets the task and is up is up to the task to be that substitute and that the burden bearer for all of humanity yeah and again to, to kind of touch on uh, very briefly on what Bryce was saying um Again, I think of uh, the Council of Elrond in the first book where uh, when Frodo finally is like, all right, I'll, I'll do this. You know, um, Elrond also looks at him as like, you know, I think this task is appointed for you and that if you don't find a way, no one will. And so it, it is very much a uh, looking at Frodo as th- like the means of like, yeah, I agree. I think this is like, you're, you're it. Like without you, there's nothing. And similar to without uh, you know, without Christ and his sacrifice, um, that, that was, that's the way, like, and he says that, you know, I am the way. Um, but I think for me, one of the big ones, and I'm going to, and I, uh, Bryce, you mentioned it earlier about priest, prophet, and king. Um, one of my, um, big moments, I guess, for, um, Aragorn here, um, cause he's, you know, supposed to be a king, over Gondor and that's kind of um I don't want to say the capital of the free people but it really is kind of a big uh, a country I guess is what they would call it but a big country that plays a role into the freedom of everybody um and so I think of uh for me one of the big ones that really resonated with me was when he was in the house of healing and um you had a character, um, his name was Faramir, um, who basically was wounded, um, pretty heavily. Um, but the, the thing that was crazy is because Aragorn is the king, he could take a simple route that, that to everyone else was just like a little, I mean, it was just a spice and water kind of deal. And that was it. But in the hands of the king, it was, it was healing. Um, and so uh, there's this moment, and again, this really stood out to me, and, and really it, it caused me to think about how I respond to Christ um, and the fact that he has worked in me and that he has healed me and that he has brought me from death to life. And uh, after Aragorn kind of uh, brings Faramir back in a way uh, from his wounds, um, you know, it talks about he, he – Faramir stirs and he's like, okay, 
um, I heard you call me. Um, Cause again, Aragorn was saying his name. He's like, I, I heard you call me and I came. Uh, what do you, what do you, what do you command of me? And so again, that, that immediate obedience, like <laughs> homeboy wakes up is immediately like, all right, what do I need to do? Um, and I just love Aragorn's just like rest. Like don't walk in shadows anymore. Like just rest. Um, and then um, Faramir's response was really probably the, the part that really stood out to me um, because Aragorn again says rest uh, take some food and then when I when I when I return just be ready that's all just be ready uh, and then Faramir says I will Lord um, for who would lie idle when the king has returned and so that that to me was one of the biggest moments because it's, again it's like um, you know I like we said earlier I don't want to say Aragorn equals Jesus but obviously there are Christ-like characteristics that in that moment you know i think aragorn really um that character of aragorn shows really well that idea of like responding to that of like how how am i how should i remain idle when i know that that christ is alive and that christ will return and that i like that is a response that is very appropriate for christians uh to christ and the urgency of the gospel you know he called me i came what do i need to do yeah, and and not only is not only is Aragorn the king, um, but he's also a king who comes out of exile, uh, who takes an unexpected path to the throne. One who his own people uh, rejected him, regarded him stricken, and esteemed him not. So we have him. He is he is more than just the king archetype, um, but he's the king who comes from out of exile, from a failed bloodline to right the sins of his fathers. Um, so he he is very much the uh, not only the king uh, archetype, but also the second Adam when it comes to the human race in Middle Earth too. So I think that's what makes passages like that especially powerful because his that his knowledge of healing came from his time in exile as a ranger of the north. Um, so it's not just the true king, but it's the true king that comes out of exile to right the sins of his fathers That that really makes passages like that land in a powerful way. So in, in reading The Lord of the Rings, uh, what does it tell you about man? What does it tell you about yourself? Um, well, immediately, I, I think of just the ring in general, um, that it is something that is, and, and, and again, this is the part where it's like you can't do it allegorically because there are characters in Lord of the Rings that the ring has no effect on, uh, Tom Bombadil being one. Um, just <laughs> there you go, a little callback. Um, but to everyone else, um, it is a temptation um, that is hard to withstand. And so I, I think a lot for me, it, it really tells a lot about the human condition of sin and our sinful nature, and even in our wanting to do what is right and do what is good, that we do what is evil instead because of who we are. You know, I think of verses where Paul talks about, I want to do what is right, but I end up doing what is wrong. And when I, you know, try to stay away from wrong, like it, it was just this paradigm of like, I can never do what is right. What is wrong with me? Um, and so I think similar to the ring, and I think Gandalf actually says this, and I wish now I would have actually pulled it up. But anyway, um, where he talks about like, 
Frodo basically tries to offer the ring to, to Gandalf, who's a, a kind of a mentor to Frodo. And Gandalf's response is just like, I would love to. And, and in my heart, I would love to do what is right. But I know that that would not be the case. Like, I want to do what's right, but I know what, what end up happening is doing what is wrong. And so <clears throat> it really reminds me of that, how sin operates in that even when we want to be good and even when we want to do good, um, that we're, we're fallen. Um, we're fallen people in that there is only one person who will carry our burden, um, who can carry the burden, um, and who can, you know, take our sin and, and cast it on the cross. Um, or I guess in, in our, this fantasy, uh, the leg of fire. So, yeah, I, I, that's what I would say is it enlightens the human condition a lot. Yeah. Um, so I think one, one big one. Um, so Tolkien kind of intended the hobbits to be a picture of, of like um, good hardy people, particularly the, the English soldiers that he fought alongside of in, in the first world war. Um, and I think there's, there's a lot of really good stuff there. Um, just that there, there's a, there's more to them than meets the eye. They're made of sterner stuff than, than people think. Um, and when, when put to the test, they prove out to prove to be sturdier than expected. Um, I think there's a lot of really like encouraging, um, like heart, you can take heart when you read the, the plight of the hobbits and realize that as you go through, you know, daily struggles, um, things that were, that, that seem like a, a giant catastrophe are actually minor inconveniences, like forgetting your walking stick and your pipe weed. Um, and, and that's kind of the Hobbit's journey is going from these minor things being terrible tragedies to seeing, uh, in the grand scheme of things, how, how small and insignificant some of those troubles are. And that really when faced with, with great troubles, they, they have the metal to, uh, to withstand them. Um, so I think that's really encouraging, but honestly, of, of all of the, the people in middle earth, the one that I aspire to be like the most is, is Gandalf. Um, and I've got a couple quotes here about Gandalf that I want to read um, because this has been really personally beneficial to me. Um, So Gandalf says, all worthy things that are in peril as the world now stands, those are my care. And for my part, I shall not wholly fail of my task if anything passes through the night that can still grow fair or bear fruit and flower again in days to come. Another part, he says, other evils there are that may come, yet it's not our part to master all the tides of the world, but to do what is in us for the succor of those years wherein we are set, uprooting the evil in the fields that we know, so that those who live after may have clean earth to till. And that's what, that's what I want my life to look like. I want to uproot evil in the fields that are before me so that those who come after me will have clean earth to till. Uh, and I think the end result of that, if all of us kind of buckle down and, and own those responsibilities, is that we, like Gandalf, will be, will be people who, when we draw near, the hearts of men will be lifted again. Um, and I think that's a really, really powerful image. Man, it's such an incredible story and one that... Uh, unfortunately, we would love to spend hours and hours uh, discussing and talking about. Um, if you have any further questions about Lord of the Rings, about literature in general, we'd love to engage those. Um, 
find one of us, find Bryce or Reagan. I'm sure they'd love to talk about it some more. So that's it for this podcast um, with Lord of the Rings. Um, hope to hear about um, more uh, from Bryce and Reagan and, and others. Tune in next time to hear about more good pieces of literature. <laughs>